We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again today. My name is Dan Kotnick. Alongside me, my partner, as always, Chris Schimmel. We are dissecting the aftermath of last Sunday's or this past Sunday's game against the Washington Redskins, hopefully moving on from that and burying the tape, sending it back to hell from whence it came, (laughs) taking a look ahead a little bit today. Uh, to this Sunday, which I think, I don't know if, if it was the same for you, Chris, but once it got to a certain point this past Sunday, I was pretty much just at the point, forget forget this happened, I'm already looking ahead to this upcoming Sunday against Buffalo. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to take these games and put them behind you right away because you can't focus on the past because you have a long season to go. So they need a dick. You need to bury the football. It's dead. The game's done. Move on to Buffalo. It's like, it's like what Bill Belichick said. We're on to Cincinnati. Exactly. We're on to we're on to Buffalo slash home to Green Bay. We're on yeah. to the next one, Jay Z style. Before we get into that, I know that the guys yesterday did a fantastic job of touching on a lot of the points about the frustration with the roughing the passer quarterback protection rules uh, hit on a lot of points that I had as well that I shared. I think they did a great job. If you didn't listen to the episode yesterday, make sure you go back and listen to it because I think they did a fantastic job laying it all out. But uh, at least for myself, and I know Chris wants to join in on it too a little bit. We've got, we've got to get our pound of flesh in on the QB protection rule, because for me, 
it, it hits me a little personally, the QB protection stuff, because obviously it's geared towards everything surrounding concussions and keeping players safe. And personally, in my life, I had a very close family friend who ended up dying as a result of CTE, who played football his entire high school, peewee, college career, and ended up dying very, very young as a result of uh, CTE uh, symptoms. And so it it always kind of strikes me a little bit more uh, personally when I see stuff like this, and it's been a little bit harder to watch football in recent years just because of everything that kind of surrounds all of that. And for me, rules like this are kind of a slap in the face to people who are affected by CTE. It's the NFL players, their families, their kids, their friends, the fans. Um, You're not out here to protect those players. You don't really care that it's going to cause injuries. It's not about keeping the players safe. It's about protecting assets in the business decisions that go into your football team because just quarterbacks are the money makers. Exactly. Richard Sherman said, uh, they mentioned William Hayes for the dolphins who tore his ACL trying to avoid the QB hit. If that's a quarterback, they make a rule to stop that tomorrow. It's not about player safety. It's about protecting the numbers. I mean, that's just it. Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback has, the most guaranteed money of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. And then Kirk Cousins contract fully guaranteed. Jimmy Garoppolo was a short period of time, the highest paid quarterback in the league to keep leapfrogging one another. And it's crazy to think because all these safety rules, they're in there for a reason. However, a lot of the, like Jimmy Garoppolo, his injury, there's no rule that you can possibly make that could have prevented it. It was a non-contact injury. He completely destroyed his knee. You know, and I was listening to a buddy of mine and he said, you know, you saw Cam Newton, you know, he slid and he still got walloped in the head. Jimmy Garoppolo tears his ACL running. You know, he was thinking, what if they, the NFL comes up with a crazy rule that quarterbacks can no longer run past the line of scrimmage? He said, can't run past the line of scrimmage, so they can't get hit. Throw the ball away. You can't throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. Now you can't run it. What if they come up with a rule like that? Because today's day and age, nothing would really surprise me. I mean, that's, I'm all for exploring. If you want to explore different ways to make the game safer, I am here for that. I am here for ways to make the game legitimately safer. Obviously, it's a very dangerous game, and you're not going to take all of the risk out of it, but I'm here for making it safer. But things like the Clay Matthews hit aren't what you are trying to regulate out of this game. That, that's, that's a very football play. Oh yeah, you're 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 going 100 miles an hour. You cannot stop and then calculate. Okay, how am I going to tackle him? Because then the quarterback's going to be gone. It's almost like if you're a pass rusher, you might as well just try to grab the ball, or at right. least grab the guy quarterback's hand, or just bear hug him and not let him go. Or I, I forget who I forget who said it yesterday. At this point, why not just blast him? You're oh, yeah, you're going to get either way. You're, you're going to get fined anyway. Just blast him and. Yeah. It's just like what Mike Daniels, Mike Daniels, let him go. He just, right. 
because he doesn't want to get a fine. And by the way, Clay Matthews wasn't even fine for the hit. Well, that's because deep down they know that it's oh, not. Yeah, they're they giving him a little not. sympathy. Right. You know? I mean, it's it's a way to bail out GMs that make poor business decisions investing that much money in one position. Yeah, if, and they, you don't, they, if you don't want to risk your quarterback getting hurt, don't invest that much money in him. And they're afraid because they're afraid, oh, you know, the quarterback, because another team, another sucker GM is going to end up paying them. Right. And that's, no so, one wants to get left behind. No one wants to get left behind. Yep. It's yeah. tough situation for GMs. And it's just it's tough, tough on fans. the Well, it's yeah. tough for fans too. Oh, right? yeah. How and tough fans is it? Are the, fans are the fans. real uh, – Fans are the real money makers. Yeah. All about ratings, man. Yep. Uh, so, all right. Let's get off of our soapbox. We got we got <laughs> our two cents in. I feel a lot better. Serenity now. We're moving on to Buffalo. And just uh, for the record, I am not for what my friend said of not allowing the quarterback to run past <laughs> the line of scrimmage. I thought that was ridiculous. But in this day and age, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFL comes up with another rule. Uh, yeah, nothing surprises me in today's NFL anymore. Um, so we're focusing this week, like you said, kind of on the offensive side for the Packers, especially as it relates to the upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills. Back in Lambeau after a short little road trip down to the nation's capital. For me, Chris, the thing that stuck out to me on offense this past week, and it wasn't just because – I drafted him in almost all of my fantasy leagues and decided to start him this week uh, is Aaron Jones has made the point that he needs to be the number one running back. And like I said, it's not because I stupidly started him in a lot of fantasy leagues, hoping he would have a breakout game in his first game back from suspension, but he has proved to me, I think to fans that watch the sport and follow the Packers that he is clearly your number one back moving forward. What do you think? What does he have to do to <laughs> prove that he's not? I mean, I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, after his first big run, I thought, okay, and Here then he's go. gone. What is Mike McCarthy doing? He's proven he's the best back, and it's not even that close, if you ask me. Yeah. He ran the ball six times for 42 yards, seven-yard average. And I just don't understand because t- – to me, Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams are not better at him in almost any phase of the game. I mean, I would say Jamal Williams and blocking, Ty Montgomery I understand. blocking uh, pass protection. You could you could make that argument very clearly, at least for Jamal Williams. But he's a running back. They're supposed to be running the ball. And I understand that you need a good back in there to block to put pressure off Rodgers, but actually having the running back run the football will put even more pressure off of Rodgers. Right. So there, I don't see there's any excuse for Aaron Jones not to be in the game. I, I expect to see him play probably over 70% of the snaps. And honestly, even if your idea is to have Aaron Jones come out of the backfield for a outlet pass, and instead of having him stay in, in pass protection – I will take Aaron Rodgers throwing a short drop down pass to Aaron Jones for maybe a yard or back to the line of scrimmage. Oh yeah, just throw him into the flats. Having Aaron Rodgers sit back in the pocket and have Aaron Jones try and pass protect. 
Oh yeah, when you have a limited quarter a quarterback that's limited mobily, you need to have a checkdown. You need to have a go-to guy. And Aaron Jones, give him the ball in his hands in open field, and he's dangerous. Now, I mentioned to you off-air that I had somewhat of a hot take here. Now, I want to preface all of this by saying it's not something that I am saying to go out and do. Okay? I, I, am, I am not going to ever claim that I'm the smartest person in the room, especially when it comes to just pure football knowledge, I consider myself a, a very big fan. And I think that I know a decent amount and a grasp on 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 things. Well, that's but, what's beautiful about football because there's always more to know. Right, exactly. So I, I put this out there for you, for the listeners, to tear me down, call me a fool for thinking this. But it came to me today. Um, obviously, I live in Detroit and I listen to the local uh, sports station that I work for, and they we're talking a while about Amir Abdullah and their backfield. They have a very clogged backfield and he is kind of facing the same thing as Aaron Jones, not a suspension, but hasn't played a lot in the first couple of weeks, very healthy, bringing him back. The New England Patriots just placed Rex Burkhead on IR. I did some investigating. They have three running backs on the roster right now. Not a lot of experience there. They were talking about, do you make the trade to the Patriots? They're running back Amir Abdullah to the Patriots. Here's my question. What is the market value or the idea behind possibly sending Ty Montgomery to the New England Patriots? I mean, he he actually has in his in his career has almost the same amount of rushing yards as all of the Patriot running backs on the roster now combined in their whole careers, all three of their careers equal Ty Montgomery's career. You know, if Ty Montgomery goes to the Patriots, I wouldn't be surprised if they turned him into a star. Oh, no, that's the thing. Yes. You know, know, what they do with James White, I think the Packers should do with Ty Montgomery, or at least now with Aaron Jones, put him in the flats no linebacker can guard him and to just have a field day with him. That's what I think what would happen. Now, I, if you get a, let's say at the liberal estimates, you get maybe a third rounder for him, but more conservative fourth, fifth, maybe a sixth. Do you do it? Chris Schimmel. Do you make that trade to the New England Patriots? Yes. Yes. Yes, I would is take there, it. Is there is there a cutoff line? Do you have to? Will you say nothing below a fourth or fifth rounder? Where, where's your Where's your ballpark? If they would trade a third rounder for him, that would be amazing. But right, I would say at the very least a fifth. Okay, because Ty Montgomery, you know, he's had injury problems in the past, and I would just see that you know investing in the draft, you can probably get somebody worth more. And here, Especially with Aaron Jones, you know, emerging as a great back. Right. You've got Aaron Jones emerging as a as your lead running back. And there is a depth issue at a lot of positions for this Packers team on offense and defense. And I actually got into it with someone on Facebook the other day where they were complaining about uh, the Packers not signing Khalil Mack after Muhammad Wilkerson went down with that injury. And, oh, well, isn't it silly? We could have had Khalil Mack instead, but now I'm looking at it. I was on the bandwagon to get Khalil Mack, but now those first two first round picks look a heck of a lot more appealing as a top tier offensive lineman 
or a younger pass rusher or another inside or outside linebacker. I see those draft picks as much more valuable right now than a Khalil Mack in the situation that they're in right now, because there is very clear depth issues. And if you can flip a Ty Montgomery for a third, fourth, fifth round pick, I don't see why you don't do it. Oh yeah, I agree. I'm always, it's always great to invest in the draft. I know a lot of people in the Ted Thompson era got sick and tired of hearing about that, but that's why I've been really paying a lot of attention to the New Orleans saints. Cause with their trade, when they traded their draft pick, I'm praying that they plummet. So we get a better draft pick. That was, I, I called my dad after I turned the Packers game off with two minutes left to go in the game. And he had already left the bar and he was like, well, at least the good thing is the saints are losing. And as he says that the saints tie the game up and send it to overtime and win. Yeah. So, and then of course they sneak out a win against the Browns. So the saints I are know. nearly going through <laughs> every, every Packers fan I think is rooting for uh, the saints demise this year. And mm-hmm. we, um, so we talked about Aaron Jones draft picks for some of the depth and the depth I think clearly needed, at least on the offensive side for that offensive line. We saw a very, well, it was very piss poor performance in my opinion against the Washington Redskins against a defensive line that kind of moved them around like deck furniture. And I mean, Oh yeah. I, I remember no just injuries. Yeah, I'm referring to some of their line as a revolving door, especially at their right tackle position. Bulaga is now out with the hurt back. You have Byron Bell, who's going to start. You have Jason Spriggs, who basically got the guy in a chokehold on that holding call you had. And then even uh, their guards, Lane Taylor was beat. The only two players on the line that's been stable have been Bakhtiari and Corey Lindsley. Yeah. That's yeah, it. I, I – I... Moving forward, I really have no issue finding a replacement for any person on the offensive line outside of Bakhtiari and Lindsley. Those have been your two mainstays and arguably the two most important positions on the offensive line, granted. But, I mean, we saw the disruption that it caused this week. And if we look at the game this past Sunday, Vikings and Buffalo Bills – that defensive line for Buffalo with not a ton of star power behind it caused a heck of a lot of trouble for Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Well, the Minnesota Vikings, they don't have a very good offensive line. So that's why I felt the Packers were going to really put pressure on Cousins. But if you take a look at the Buffalo Bills, they have eight sacks this year. Four of them came against Kirk Cousins. But not only do they sack quarterbacks, but they strip the football. They had Kirk Cousins fumble three times, and they recovered two of them, one at the 15-yard line and the other at the 25-yard line, which is how they're able to jump out easily to like a 17-point first-quarter lead. So it's their defensive front getting great pressure, and of course they have Tredavious White, a shutdown cornerback, who I was praying the Packers were going to draft two years ago. Then the Buffalo Bills got him 27 overall, and the Packers got Kevin King instead. And Tredavious White, who shut down Stephon Diggs, held him to four catches for 17 yards on 10 pass attempts toward him. He's going to be on Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams, who had a couple of drops in, in the game against the, the Redskins and uh, the Vikings, but he's going to have himself a hard time with Tredavious White, I think. So which means that Cobb and Allison are going to have to step up. I think Cobb, Allison, and then your tight end position 
as well because uh, Jimmy Graham doing a, a fairly decent job coming. He's kind of found a rhythm. They've been able to find a rhythm for him. And he's the only the tight offense. end who has. That's true. Yeah, Hendricks, I mean, for God's Hendricks. sake. He had that drop that my fifth grade cousin could catch. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis, you never see him on the field. Well, that I that is the biggest because especially because he's the he's a great blocker. So you think, oh, well, if you have Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams and running backs pass protecting Rodgers, wouldn't you want Mercedes Lewis out there pass protecting? I, I mean, that's exactly what I've thought the last couple of games. Is every time they talk about Aaron Rodgers' lack of mobility due to the injury, well, it's okay because we got Mercedes Lewis, and the whole talk was Mercedes Lewis is the best pass blocking or run blocking tight end in the NFL. And he's essentially a sixth offensive lineman that can catch the passes sometimes. And he's just not seen the field at all. And it baffles me, especially when a guy like Lance Kendricks is still seeing almost the same amount of reps as a Jimmy Graham almost. Yeah. You know, and also Tanya, where is he at? The guy lit it up in the preseason. I know it was preseason, but I feel anybody could be performing better than Kendricks right now. I agree. And especially because there was that talk of they were running Tunyon out of the fullback position at times near the end of trading camp. And could he be some kind of blocking package in there? I know he's played a little bit on special teams, but I mean, I just, I am very not impressed with what I've seen with Lance Kendricks. I was surprised that he kind of stuck around when they got Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. I actually had him being cut. I didn't have, I would not be surprised. I I didn't have him on the roster. I was shocked. And of course the Packers offensively, they're not in the top 10 in any statistical category. They're in the top 15 and only two passing yards and scoring offense. Nothing else. So their offense has just been struggling, particularly in their red zone. They're 29th in the league at 33% in red zone. At this point last year, they were numero uno. And remember, it was Jimmy Graham coming in to be the oh, yeah. Ten number touchdowns one red zone. in the red zone. So what's going on with that? And it's to me, in the red zone, tight ends are your best friends. Right. Even more reason to play Mercedes Lewis. And I think if we we've we've kind of hit on a lot of things with the offense problems with the offense and you can talk about depth issues but overall the issues with offense so far have been scheme and it goes right to Joe Philbin I, I think that there's been a lack of scheme for the opponent scheme for the lack of depth issues especially on the offensive line and the health of Aaron Rodgers I think that there has been a very lackluster performance from the offensive play calling. And I think that's ultimately what it boils down to because players can play and Aaron Rodgers can turn a lot of guys into playmakers with just his talent alone. If you put him in the right scheme and scheme exactly. around him. And that's why it, the first game of the year against the bears, I feel like they rely so much on him breaking the play down, rolling to his right, biting time and then holding onto the ball, praying that a bigger play opens itself up later in the down. But then when he got hurt and came back in the game, they said, okay, that's not going to work. Put him in the pistol, short, quick passes. He completed 16 of 17 passes below with uh, nine yards or fewer. 
And he picked apart the Bears. And then same thing against the Vikings. Quick, short, good passes. And then Rodgers was saying that his knee was getting better. And I feel that they had too much confidence in it that they went back to the old stuff. And it hasn't worked out. I think they need to play to their strengths. And right now, Rodgers moving around, biding his time, and creating something out of nothing. They can't rely on that right now. No, you really you really can't. And I think right now and moving forward, because with age – and injury piling up, you can't rely on Aaron Rodgers to be magic man back there. And I know, anymore. and knowing how, knowing him, his competitiveness and his confidence, he's going to always think he can. True. But sometimes when you're the coach, you're going to have to tell him, no, we're exactly. not going to let this happen. Exactly. So the, looking ahead again, Buffalo Bills in town this week in Lambeau. It's for me, I'm, interested to see Micah Hyde come back into Lambeau because he was one of my all-time favorite Packers when he was playing with us. Uh, He's from my area, my neck of the woods in Northwest Ohio. I got to interview him a couple times working for the local radio station there. And I think it was an absolute travesty that they let him, a guy of his caliber and ability to play several different positions and know that offense walk and he comes back in with this Buffalo Bills team and that defense against this Packers offense so we'll see how that shapes up moving forward Uh, make sure as we go through the rest of this week you're following us on Twitter and Facebook the new Facebook page live as well it follows the Facebook page has all of our posts from the podcast itself and then obviously we've got a great stable of contributors that are contributing all around the interwebs and other places posting all of that so make sure you're following us on facebook and on twitter also of course subscribe to us on itunes spotify cheesehead tv follow us everywhere subscribe rate the podcast it's a huge help to us make sure as well that you're following chris and i on twitter at dk all the way for myself and for Chris at Chris Schimmel, K-R-I-S-S-C-H-I-M-M-E-L. Very good. <laughs> Getting better at it. Uh, so, yeah, make sure you're following us throughout the rest of the week. Enjoy Sunday, maybe with an alcoholic beverage in hand to help ease the pain because you just don't know what's going to happen. It, obviously, this last <laughs> week showed anything is possible because the Patriots can go in and get walloped by the Lions. The Bills can go on the road and beat the Vikings, and the Packers can look like that at any given <laughs> Sunday. So just enjoy the game as as it goes. Uh, Chris, any final words before we sign off? Go, Pack, go. <laughs> Short and sweet. It's why he's the best color man in the league. Go Pack, go. <laughs> Enjoy the game on Sunday, everyone. Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over, gets the snap. Back pedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! it over, starts to his left, now he moves, starts to the right side, snaps A-Rod, looking downfield, being flushed, rolling left, winds up, rainbows it high and deep into the end zone, it's hot, what did it caught? It is caught for a touchdown!
Packers. The Green Bay Packers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.